Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. My next very special guest on Open House is inspiring people, especially women, around the world. So we just had to have her on Open House. As an actress, Deborah Lee Furness could be living the high life, but instead she is using her career as a platform. She's an adoptive mother of two, and her advocacy work for children's human rights is simply incredible. Get ready for this. She's the co-founder of the Rafiki Society, assisting orphanages in Africa. She's patron of the Lighthouse Foundation, for Displaced Children in Melbourne, patron of the Bone Marrow Donor Institute for Children, patron of International Adoption Families for Queensland. She's on the advisory committee for FilmAid International, working with refugees around the world, a World Vision Ambassador, the Executive Director of the Worldwide Orphans Foundation, and this is why we're speaking with her tonight as founder of the National Adoption Awareness Week. Sadly, Australia has a poor record for opening up its heart to adoptions from overseas. It's the second lowest in the world. Deborah Lee says there are simply too many children in the world without families and she's working to give them every chance at life. In a speech to the National Press Club, she had this challenge. There are millions of orphans and abandoned and vulnerable children in the world and so many families want to take care of these kids. Why is it so hard to adopt in Australia? Together with her husband, Hugh Jackman, Deborah is making waves around the world on this issue, and it's born out of their own very deep personal experience with adoption. National Adoption Awareness starts tomorrow, and it's my great pleasure to say, Deborah Lee Furness, welcome to Open House. Thank you, Lee. Gosh, it sounds like I'm really busy, doesn't it? <laughs> you are. <laughs> Apparently. Yes. Well, all of this is underlined by a passion. I want to start by asking, why the passion for this work? What drives you to be such a champion for children? human rights. I think we all have somewhere in our hearts that where our empathy lies and you know with some people I know it's with animals or whatever I I or you know everyone has something that speaks to them the thought of a child on on their own without that one person that looks into their eyes and recognizes that they are precious just breaks my heart. And that is, I, I speak at what started me talking about this was I, I hated that injustice. And yes. as an adoptive mum, I had so many families in Australia come to me and say, we would love to adopt. It's just so hard. And one day I just said, well, what, why is that? I just, I hated the social injustice of it. So I opened my big mouth and then here we are five years later. Um, I'm still talking about it because it, nothing, it's not Shifting, and I feel like now it's, we're starting to move. I think we're actually getting some um, traction here. Well, that's good. Was there a particular point where you decided this has to have some traction? We have to do something big about this. Yeah. Well, there, there was. I mean, it started then. I uh, Obviously, like-minded people would come to me. And, you know, what was sad was this is a community that hasn't had a voice for years. You think about the past practices. It was shrouded in secrecy. It was stigmatized. And the community didn't get a chance to talk about it. So they said to me, please keep talking because they didn't have a voice. And the more I talked about it, the more I got an education and saw the injustices. And, you know, I travel the world with, you know, World Vision. I... I, I I've been in Ethiopia, I've seen the state of affairs there, and 
I, I can't be, it'd be irresponsible of me if I didn't fight for my country to say, you know what, we can contribute here. We can help and make a difference. And what is really outrageous is we have just closed down a program that's been going for 20 years in Ethiopia, uh, adoption program, and the Attorney General's Department has just closed this down. And I've been in to meet with... Um, Nicola Roxon and uh, we are talking to see and she's a very reasonable fair woman so I'm hoping that she will reconsider and open this up again. Why do you think the politicians have been so reluctant up until now? Well if you look at the website, if you look at it, what I read between the lines is it's really hard. Yes, of course. And that's why I think I think they've just put it in the too hard box. Mm. I think we have a responsibility as, you know, members of the human race to stand up and contribute to this, you know, global orphan crisis. Um, so I, I, I think also because of our past history with the stolen generation and with the forced adoptions, which the government, all the states have just, most of the states have just apologised to the um, birth mothers that were forced to relinquish their children in the 50s and 60s and 70s because it was considered a sin out of wedlock and these women were forced to give up their babies. I think we've had a really bad history with adoption and I think there's a lot of ignorance surrounding this and I think that's why we're talking. We're trying to educate people and we don't want it to be a secret. Our kids that are coming up need to talk about their journey so that it's not something that, that they're ashamed of. Yes, indeed. As you said, you've seen this firsthand. Is there a way that you can relate a, perhaps a story or a circumstance or a situation in one of those countries that demonstrates the power and the hopelessness of this? Well, I was in Ethiopia travelling with World Vision and I see the abject poverty. I see the, 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 the children being hungry. I mean, I can't imagine as a mother... I mean, I'm worried they, they don't get enough of the second bowl of the second serving of spaghetti bolognese at night. I can't imagine what it is like for these mothers that cannot feed their children. It's horrific, which is why I always advocate that we need to be a, to have ethical adoption. It needs to be about community development. I would hate for a family to relinquish their child because of poverty, and that's why we work. I, I'm also working with Global Poverty Project so that that there, there are less children available for adoption. And you've seen children relinquished because of. Poverty. Of course, that is the main reason. It's it's like Sophie's choice. They're going to three of their children will starve, or they can save two. I've been in an orphanage in, in Addis Ababa. To walk into an orphanage when you see thirty kids who are all HIV positive, looking to you as this new person, they want to be touched, they want to be seen, they want to be recognised. That in, in, that's the trouble with orphanages. It, 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 when children are institutionalised, it has an extremely negative effect on their their well-being, their emotions, their mental health issues. A lot of these kids do have mental health issues. They, they haven't got that, uh, an immediate family. It is so, so important these children be in a family. What does it do to you when you see that, when it's confronting you in your face? It makes me keep going. Some days when you know it's like, you're like, oh my God, another meeting, or it's so hard. And then, you know, you'll, by every time I think, oh my gosh, this is so hard. And I, I you know, think, can I, you know, keep working at this? And then I'll see something like that. And I think, yeah, I have to. I, I want to. I want to, you know, 
play a part and I use my skill set my skill set is you know like and that's why in, in forming this we're start, what I'm thrilled about is we're starting to get unity with all the different groups and everyone's different area of expertise I want everyone to be able to volunteer what they're good at to help this advocacy you know and my piece is that I'm I'm like a good I'd be a great, run a great dating agency you should speak to this person and you should speak there you know and this family you should go there I want to use that part that I can contribute and meet people along the way that can come and join this. And the more that everyone speaks up and, like, everyone can play a part, everyone can sort of say to their local member, we need to make children's this issue a priority. Every child deserves a family. This is our mantra. Every child deserves a family. I'd hate to be a politician standing in your way <laughs> or pretending that I don't hear you. <laughs> trouble i have to have a see you talk about areas of expertise i need a translator when i meet the politicians because i like what did they just say because i don't understand that double talk or you know they're sort of not really saying what it is you know how politicians yeah, talk yeah, sure, i sure. get very confused because yes. i'm very transparent very upfront and very straight to the point as i said in the intro it could be that you just live the high life with you around the world and you could easily do that but this is not so easy is it I can't not do it. I mean, if, if you were there, if I defy anyone, if anyone was to walk in the streets and see a two-year-old, could you just keep walking past and ignore that child? So I do it because it speaks to me. I mean, you know, it's why do we do anything? It's because it speaks to us, and I feel passionate about rectifying this injustice. As I said, this is born out of your own personal experience as well as an adoptive mother of two. How did that fire even deeper your passion, Deborah? Everyone thinks that I got involved with this because I have two adopted children. Interestingly enough, it is not. And I, even if I had two biological children, I would think I'd still be standing here today because it's not about the adoption piece. It is about the kids. It's about kids need to be cared for and they're looking to us grown-ups to look after them. I feel good that my kids see that we're actively um, advocating for their well-being as far as ethical practices and adoption and making the world understand their journey. But I think I would still be out there speaking out about this because it's such a social injustice. You went through the US system, which only took about a year. In mm -hmm. Australia, some people wait for up to eight years. Yeah, I just spoke to a family today that were in the Ethiopian program and they've been on the list for eight years and now that's closed down and their hopes and dreams have just been just wiped out in one foul blow. So, yeah, we I recognised very early on when I went to the first meeting that I could see there was no leadership, there was no one really in charge, and I could see a really pervasive, which is what was un uncovered in the um, inquiry in 2005, that there was a an anti-adoption. It was not a positive, supportive environment. It wasn't healthy What they were, when they had a room full of people there wanting to find out what was involved. And I just, I said, no, no, I could see that this was not going to work. You mentioned before that you are both ambassadors for World Vision, but engaged in very different, though still inspiring work. Hugh's passion lies in, in understanding economy, and he's just started off, well, the family has, but it's, it, this is his part. Um, he's just started a, a coffee company called Laughing Man, which is based on Paul Newman's initiative, which is an ongoing business that he's giving back. So it supports fair trade. It supports a farmer that we met called Dukali when we were traveling in, in Ethiopia, and we've got a coffee brand called Dukali's Dream. So it's great. So by contributing to economic development, it's all part of the puzzle. So Hugh and I specialize in different areas, and that's his piece. 
all the women in my life are going to kill me. You know what's coming. Are going to kill me if I don't ask this question that I just don't know how to put. I know what it is. Yeah, okay. Yes, he Answer does it. make a great pancake. <laughs> and coffee, no doubt, too. And a great coffee. Okay. The worst personal attribute of Hugh Jackman. There is no, there is no worse. I, See, he, I knew that. With, yeah, he, he's, he's, he is who he is, and I, I embrace it all. Yeah. The advocacy work that you're both involved in, I'm sure keeps you grounded amidst the kind of dizzying life that is your other life. <laughs> I know everyone always calls it the dizzying life. You know what? I think everyone has their pieces, like even accountants or stockbrokers, that's their craziness of their world. Our world, um, I suppose because it's so public, it has a, another aspect to it. But yeah, we, we are both sort of A-type personalities. We're very busy. We're very out there. But I, we don't know how not to be grounded because that's who we are. I mean, we just, we just show up. We're in the minute and whatever's presented, we, we react or we, we live in. Well, all power to you. And I'll be watching acutely when you get results from the government because I have no doubt at all that there will be results out of this. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, thank you. you. You're playing such an important role. The media does by giving us the, the visual awareness and, and putting it out there. So I really appreciate you speaking to me. Deborah Lee Furness, thank you so much indeed for joining us on Open House. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.